before you sit down, uh, why don't you turn to somebody around you and just say good morning and then uh, go ahead and have a seat. Okay, go ahead and have a seat and open up a Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, you can find it on page 130 in the Pew Bible. And I want to encourage you, do open up a Bible. There's, there's Bibles underneath the chairs or in the backs there. Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, one of the fun things about preaching is that God always gets me ready for preaching by things that happen during the week. And you know, with Mother's Day coming up, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, what's God going to do to get me ready? Well, he did. He got me ready for this just a little bit. Uh, in the last two days, I managed to tick off four moms. <laughs> I didn't mean to, okay? But the good news is it's not my mother and it's not my wife. Whew, good thing, right? <laughs> Actually, it's ones that you wouldn't ever anticipate. But God wanted me to just understand just a little bit more about parenthood. And so he actually used his own creation to teach me this. And one of them was last night. See, my daughter has 16 gerbils. I mean, I love gerbils, okay? So I'm okay with it. Well, we have 16 gerbils, and the mom two weeks ago had babies. She had six babies. And so last night, you know, we wanted to see the babies. Now, I knew this was going to irritate her because she's been doing everything she could to contain these little guys, you know? And so she, like, buried her house and all the bedding so they can't get out. So we went in there last night, and we just picked that house up. And it was the funniest sight. We, we pulled the, you know, the house right up. And it was like all of a sudden these six kids knew they're free. And they just like scattered. <laughs> now, I don't know gerbil talk, but I can tell you that mom had some very choice words for me. <laughs> it was very obvious. She was very irritated with me. But we just wanted to see her kids. You know, it was kind of cool. And then yesterday I'm on the tractor and I'm, and I'm mowing. And we have these birds now, you've probably seen these birds. They, they don't fly. They just, they walk. I mean, they look like the Roadrunner. If you remember the Roadrunner, remember that cartoon? And so they just kind of run around. Well, I knew that they were there because this mom chose to have her kids right in the middle of my yard. I mean, not the smartest thing. So I was driving over there to see if, they're being, if they were born yet. And when I was driving to cut the lawn, um, sure enough, they were born. Because the mom, all of a sudden, got up. And I'm on the tractor, okay? And she attacked my tractor. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you know, this, this bird's about this big, and this tractor's about this big. And I'm like, wow, that's guts. I mean, this is a thousand times bigger than you, and you're attacking the tractor because she was trying to keep her young from getting hurt. It was really kind of, it was really cool, actually, to see that that's how much love this mom had for her young. Well, then I got to the back end of the yard, and I don't know what I did, but all of a sudden I started getting swooped by a bird. And I thought, okay, her nest must be around somewhere. Because she was relentless of swooping me. Well, then I went to my LP tank. You know, this is how God's just funny, you know. I went to the LP tank and the lid's closed. And I thought, well, I'm going to open it up for the summertime. So I open it up and I find this nest with about six, you know, blue eggs. They were beautiful. But I, I got to tell you, I didn't stick around to wait for that mom to come back. <laughs> 
I closed that lid and I got out of there because I just knew she wasn't going to be happy with me either. But isn't parenthood interesting? I mean, I wonder how many of you really understood what you were getting into when you had kids. I wonder. And there was your mom and dad sitting back saying, I hope you have a child just like you. <laughs> Remember that? I find myself saying that to my own kids, just smiling, saying, just wait. Your day's coming. Just wait. You know, parenthood is actually harder than it's ever been. I mean, let's be really honest with parenthood. It's the most challenging task that you'll ever do, either as a parent or a grandparent. And there are more challenges facing it today than ever before that the history of, of the world has ever faced. And it's not the same as when you were growing up. Because there are more things that are competing for your kids' attention than ever before. Think of these things. You're in competition as a parent or a grandparent with television, iPods, DS, Wii, PlayStation, Xbox, iPad, iPhone, texting, email, internet, instant messaging, Twitter, blogs, computer games, and everything else that's out there that we don't even know about. And you know what? When we were growing up, our parents competed against the television set, period. And I don't know about your television set, but we had like four channels. And I'll tell you what, I don't think my mom and dad felt like they were in competition with Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> or Eight is Enough. Remember those shows? Good shows. That's a far cry from where it is today. And so parenting today, or grandparenting, because it's around 25%, I don't remember the exact number, it's around 25% of grandparents are raising their grandkids. It's a staggering number. And all the rules have changed when it comes to parenting, and it's getting harder than it ever has. It's getting harder because, for example, statistics were just released last week that kids on average spend seven hours in front of electronics on a daily basis, every day. We used to be staggered that our kids spent four hours in front of the TV, which was like 20 years ago, and now it's seven hours a day. Well, if they're in school for seven hours a day, and they're on electronics for seven hours a day, that's only leaving 10 hours a day for everything else, including sleeping, which is about 10 hours a day. It's not looking very promising. And you as a parent are starting to compete against this like never before. At the same time, our society is doing everything it can to redefine the morals that our kids have. What's the new standard? Exactly. There is none. Where is the standard that everybody's living by? Where is the standard that parents and families are, are living by? that kids are being held accountable to a certain standard. It seems like today our society is pushing for self-interest, self-pleasure, self-decision, that you decide what's right for you and there's no standard anymore. And our kids are growing up really in chaos because what's right, what's wrong, who decides all that? And all of this media, all of this social media, Facebook, everything else that our kids are being bombarded with are all competing for what those morals are today. 
And I don't know about you, but as a parent, I'm standing back and, and I see all this going on. And I'm like, how do you navigate? How do you navigate as a parent through these things? And what does God have to say? Because ultimately, let's go back to what God says. But you know, as you look throughout the whole scriptures, God doesn't say a lot about parenting. And so whatever God does say, we better listen to it. Because if he didn't say a lot, then the things that he said are really, really important. Okay, open it up. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want you to find verse 4. We're going to start, we're just going to read a couple verses here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. God's starting it out first and foremost that what he's saying to you and I is that he wants us to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. Okay, why don't you bring up these five circles, if you would, guys. You've seen these in the past. We've been talking about these, okay? This is where we're headed as, as a church because we see how important these are. Faith in the middle is more important than everything on the outside, now let me walk you through real quick with these circles. Here's what we found out from parents. We sat down with about 60 parents last year because we were struggling to reach the child's faith. We were struggling to build up that faith in that child's life. And we asked parents, what's going on in your life? Something's going on and we're struggling because, because we don't see that faith growing like it ought to. And what we found was these four circles on the outside. We found that in families today, families are going through struggles in marriages and sometimes with single parents and dating and sometimes just with teenagers and dating. And we found that whenever there's struggles going on in that top circle, guess which one's always affected? The parenting circle. When parents are going through a marital difficulty, it's really hard for them to be effective parents. When there's a finance issue going on, it's hard for the family to show lots of grace and love and kindness because it seems like tempers are shortened. It seems like, and then always the parenting circle is affected. And parents are finding it harder because these other circles are starting to become so predominant. That marriages, when they're collapsing at the rate that they're collapsing, is affecting parenting. And finances, think about all the unemployment, 14.1% unemployment in Michigan. Imagine how that's affecting marriages and affecting parenting. And then that fourth circle, the issue circle. This is things like cutting. Teenagers are cutting in proportions that were never even existent when we were growing up. Eating disorders, abortion, sexuality issues, addictions. At skyrocketing proportions, families are facing these issues. And whenever families face those kinds of issues, it always affects the marriage, if you're married. It always affects the parenting circle. Always. And so it seems like no matter which one is affected, it always attacks the parenting one. So if you add up the social medias and all the electronics, and then you think about the family struggling, and it always affects the parenting, then what's the answer? I mean, what does God want us to know? 
Well, let's go back to this. You, we just read Deuteronomy 6. Let's go back to that. Verse 5. Love the Lord your God. Say this with me, would you? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Before he even talks to us about parenting, he wants us to do what? Love him. How much? With everything in us. Your faith is the only thing that's a constant in your child's life. Everything in their life is going to change. They're going to change their address. They're going to change their marital status. They're going to change where they live. They're going to change their relationship with you. They're going to change their relationship with their siblings. Everything is going to change in a child's life as they continue to grow. Everything changes. But one thing never changes. And that one constant that never changes is God in their life. And let me tell you something about kids. Their faith is caught, not taught. That means what you do as parents or grandparents, your kids do. Not what you say. They will do as you do. They will pray as you pray. They will worship as you worship. They will go to worship to the extent that you go to worship. They will speak of the church as you speak of the church. Their attitude towards God will be the same attitude that you have towards God. Their attitude towards the church will be the same attitude that they have. When it comes to faith, there's nothing more important than for you as a parent to be filled up and model your faith because that's what your kids will live. You can only give what you have. And if you don't have that strong faith, you can't give it. And this is why we're seeing in numbers that would stagger, I mean, the generation before us. If they knew the generation before, how many young people would be leaving the church? It would be staggering to them. Why? Because we got our faith from them. And our kids are getting their faith from us. But everything is competing for our kids' life that we never faced. And there's never been a time like today that your relationship with God is on the line. That you need to do what God's saying. So that your kids have a chance in life. Let's go back to that verse 5. God says to us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Now here's the key. Impress them on your children. Impress. Don't miss the, the meaning of that word. Think about, we were at a friend's house the other day, and they've got horses, and the horse was branded. Now, if you gave the horse the chance, and you said, hey, Mr. Horse, um, you can do whatever you decide. Uh, would you like to be branded? Would they? Of course not. They don't want to be branded. What does God say to us? Impress 
That means that you as a parent, you as a, as a grandparent, you are impressing your beliefs. You're impressing your faith. It doesn't just happen. You don't let your kids decide. God says, impress them upon your kids so that they see it and they hear it and they learn it from you. The church can only supplement what you're already doing, but we can never replace what you're doing. Did you catch that? We can only supplement what you're doing, never replace what you're doing. Because faith is caught in the home. So what does God say? Let's go on. Verse 7, impress them on your children. How do you do that? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God is very simply saying it needs to be part of your lifestyle. That if we're to give the next generation the gift of faith that you have, then it's up to you and I to get filled up and to live that faith and to walk that walk and talk the talk like never before so that our kids can say, that's what I want to do. I want to give you some, some thoughts for you. We're working on right now, we're working on a curriculum for parents for the fall or maybe winter because we're seeing this need, we see it in our own faith family, this need for parents to have something for their kids. How do we do this, this parenting thing in a time that's so different from when we were growing up? And so we're working on this, but I wanna give you four snippets on that. You, you might wanna write these things down because these are good for you as grandparents, these are good for you as parents to make sure that you're doing now. And the sooner you do these things on a daily basis, the better it's going to be in terms of your relationship and faith development of your kids and grandkids. Number one, you want to make sure that you're connecting with your kids on a daily basis. Every day, take the time for your kids to talk to them and say, how are you? How's your day going? What's new? What was good? What was bad? Take the time to connect every single day with your kids. If you're a grandparent, you may even be long distance from your grandkids. Then learn how to text. What's that? Give you a break. No, I'm not giving you a break on this one. Learn how to be on Facebook. Learn how to Skype. I know I'm speaking a different language for you. Learn how to text. And if you don't know how to do it, just ask your grandkids. I'm not kidding, just say, I want to I learn these things. Teach me. I see the incredible relationship that my kids have with their grandparents. Because they communicate, they connect long distance. And it's possible to connect with your kids and your grandkids wherever they are. And the format is to meet them where they are in the format that they like. And if that means you have to learn a new language, then learn a new language. 
in order to reach them where they are. Because without connection, you don't have any influence in their life. Number two, your kids or grandkids have a love language. You're born with a love language. There's five of them. I mean, I don't want to go into detail now, but Gary Chapman wrote a book about five love languages. We got the book right over here in Passages in a bookstore. You can read about it. If you go through the marriage class, you'll learn about it. Your kids have one. You need to learn their love language and then love them daily in their love language. Let me just run you through the five love languages. Our time, touch, acts of service, gifts, and words of affirmation. Time, touch, acts of service, gifts, and words of affirmation. Learn their language. Love them often. And your kids will feel loved. So often kids don't feel loved because parents don't understand love languages. Number three is God. Pray with your kids daily. They learn prayer by you praying. If that's out of your comfort zone, get over it. Okay? Really, get over it. Because if you don't pray with them, they'll never learn to pray. They learn to pray because they hear you pray. They learn that faith is important because they see it important in your life. They learn to worship as you worship. The things we talked about earlier. It's critical that they see it modeled in you. And number four is boundaries. Think of boundaries as like a boxing ring. Kids need to know where the boundaries are. And if there's one change in parenting is that the boundaries have dropped. And everything is negotiable. I see kids negotiating with their parents all the time. Negotiating meaning no. That's the child's way of negotiating. You know, go clean your room. And they say no. I've seen more kids stand up to their parents today than ever before to say no, I'm not going to do it. And everything becomes a battle and everything becomes negotiable. Kids need boundaries. We need boundaries. And they need to be flexible. And here's the amazing part. God wants us to show grace just the way that God gives us grace. And when they step out of those boundaries that we say this is what the punishment is. And we take the emotion out of it. They're not doing this against us. But the boundaries have to be clear. And then when it's broken you show grace. At the same time there's discipline following. And it's something that parents are choosing not to do. Which is why we're seeing this other radical change in kids' lives. Those four things, that if you do those four things, it's going to help immensely in your parenting. Now here's one more thing. I want to leave you one more thought with this, okay? If there's one thing kids don't have today, is a compass. And I don't mean the compass that says which way is north. I mean a compass that says no matter when I feel like I need it, I know which way to go. And the compass is God. The compass is the Bible. So that when something goes on in their life, they turn to the compass and they say, it's pointing this way to God. And I need to seek God. And how do I seek God? I'm going to open up the Bible. And kids need a compass. And you need to teach your kids that compass. That's Part of parenting is that you tell them where they can always turn. 
You encourage them to pray about the decisions they're making. You tell them to thank God when they do well. You tell them to thank God or ask, ask God to help them when they're working on a test or working on a project. You keep pointing away, pointing away, pointing away to God. And give them that compass so that no matter when in their life they're looking for that compass, hopefully daily, but they'll always turn to that. Well, I want to show you a video. And uh, because this video is talking, it's from kids talking about how much they need their parents to point the way. Um, I don't know if the screen is working. Uh, some of you sitting way over here on this side, you might, if it's not working, you might have to move over a little bit. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll find myself wanting to please the crowd. I'll need you to remind me that I should obey God. That I should obey God. I'll act like I don't have any problems. I'll need you to show me how to share my struggles with others. I'll want to have a lot of money so I can buy what I want. I'll need you to teach me that my things belong to God. That my things belong to God. I'll struggle with my looks and appearance. I'll need you to remind me that God wonderfully made me. I'll tend to think about myself before others. I'll need you to teach me that the last will become first. The last will become first. The last will become first. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll think I'm a lot smarter than I actually am. I'll need you to show me how to learn from God's wisdom. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll want to avoid hard conversations. I'll need you to show me how to speak the truth. In love. In love. I'll look for happiness in many different places. I'll need you to show me that joy is found in following Christ. I'll find myself stuck in bad habits. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you to show me the way out. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. I'll need you. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. To point me toward Christ when no one else will. Understand your role? This is for all of us. There's a lot of kids in our faith family. What's our role? Keep pointing them towards Christ. You know what's amazing about God? Whenever we pray the Lord's Prayer, how does it start out? Those first two words? Our Father. What does God want us to know? That ultimately, He's our Father. And you and I are his kids. And we stand in the gap and we try everything we can to raise up our kids to know their father through us. But God is the one who said he'll be with them always to the very end of the age. And our role is to stand in the gap to raise up kids to know God and then we slide out of the way and watch them take off in that relationship that they have with God, their Father. And I want to encourage you today, as parents, first of all, thank you. You've got the hardest job on earth. There's no job harder than being a parent. But I want to encourage you today to do everything you can to point kids and grandkids to the Father. And you'll have opportunities for influence. And every time you have one of those opportunities, point kids towards their father. 
because he's the one that will never leave them. And he continues to show grace and love to us. And God calls us to show grace and love to our kids and grandkids so that they can learn firsthand what a relationship with God is all about. Let's pray together. God, I want to thank you for kids. God, there were 2,157,500 kids born last year. We pray for all their parents. Father, we pray for all of these parents that are here. Their job is harder than it's ever been. God, I pray that you'd bless these parents and grandparents, especially for those grandparents who are having to show, show their grandkids the way to Christ because the parents aren't. And I pray for every person here, Lord, that you would just fill up and anoint and empower to stand in the gap for kids, keep pointing the way to Christ so that kids grow up seeing Jesus in us and that they want to follow you, God. Thank you for all the moms, God. We just want to give you praise and thanks for our moms who did the best job they could raising us. And we just honor them today. But we just want to say thank you for who you are as our God and as our Father. We ask all this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.